up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new film, Wonka. But before we get there, my name is Rich, I am your host, and the nerds are all here. First, he is the man that after seeing Wonka decided he wanted in on the candy business, and he has joined the lucrative candy underpants line, but only for big gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Oh, it's full it's black licorice flavor all day long, people. <laughs> and it only comes in size 3X and larger. Diesel almost just puked, people. Uh, I got diesel. I actually broke diesel for one on one of my comments. I just I want to point out that I'm very proud of you for breaking diesel, <laughs> A. B, I'm also kind of surprised that you broke him with that instead of being peach flavor. Oh, peach. Because uh, Ron... You can always eat a peach for hours. Let's just keep going down the road. The Dusty Beaver. <laughs> Let's go with all the hashtag challenges not accepted. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, though, in all seriousness, he's the man that doesn't need an introduction. But yeah, has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. I give to you Diesel. I do it for the ho-ho-hos. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, you could also do it for the nookie. Oh, the nookie. So you could take that cookie. Where are you sticking that cookie exactly? Oh, I'm putting it in those fruit roll-up big man panties, apparently. <laughs> All black licorice flavored and sweaty. Oh, you know when you get that like oh. chafing going on? That's oh. immediately where my mind went. The, the, the licorice is so that over was, the top. That was, so that was where the dry heaving came in. Huh? All right. Now everybody at home is like, thanks for that image. But hey, if he had to see it, so don't you. Well, before we uh, go any further, let's get some pleasantries out of the way. Ron, how has been your week? Uh, week's been all right. Can't really complain. Not much going on. You know, just living the vacation life as I do. Boo this man! Got a little bored, so I did re-download Arena onto my phone, and I realized I have no idea what's going on in the magic world. Yeah. Not a clue. Don't have a freaking clue. Nobody does. <laughs> I, I I did one draft because I'm like, I had the, the draft, the token, so I'm like, whatever, I'll just do a draft. Completely decked myself twice without even paying any attention to that. Like, oh, yeah, there's only 40 cards here. Oops, my bad. And now I've just been playing a stupid zombie deck that I've had for a while nice. in there. And it's just play dudes, turn dudes sideways and go, and I'm just, I know people are getting frustrated with the game because they're just like taking like all of a sudden they just slow down trying to figure out how, what I'm doing. I'm like I'm just turning dudes sideways. It's not that hard. Yep. You can win. You know, and like one guy like whatever was playing Super Friends and just was like I guess he just wanted to combo show off all his playing yeah. blockers. So I just let him throw them off. I didn't care. Yep. I'm just like whatever. Here you go. Well, I'm, I'm not playing anything. Go ahead. He's like like that figuring like he could have killed me like four turns before for whatever cool. reason. Well, go ahead. If this is what you want, dude. Good. You're good because I don't care. Sometimes you just got to let people finish. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what Arena is good for. Yeah. Pretty much the entirety of it. Just doing cool shit that you're not going to do in real life. Yeah. I just figured, you know, he wanted me to rage quit or something and I just made, I just kept going, boom, and I let the timer go down and go, bloop, bloop, timer, bloop. <laughs> just make it annoying just because it was fun. 
because I don't care. Hey, yeah. Sometimes you got to troll them. Diesel, how's the, been the week? I've uh, been pretty busy uh, working both jobs. We had our work Christmas party uh, last week, which was fun. Uh, I still don't understand how some of my coworkers were bitching about a paid two-and-a-half-hour catered lunch. That's way too long. Fucking people are miserable. What? Yeah. Uh, good food catered by uh, Red and White down here, but people are still bitching. It's like, we don't got time for this. What do you mean you don't have time for this? We're getting paid to eat food and then win potential prizes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Out of the kindness of your company's yeah. heart and you're complaining? Yep. Like, this is dumb. Yeah. So that was pretty dumb. Then the weekend was pretty much just stuck here all weekend because we had a tournament slash inventory going on Saturday. And then Sunday I was running the whole shop. So a pretty busy weekend, but nothing of like any substance. <laughs> Uh, my weekend was pretty uh, yeah, uneventful for the most part. You know, got some things done, finished up the Christmas stuff. You know, all that stuff. Nothing, nothing to real write home for. Uh, thankfully, because sometimes it's nice to just uh, be laid back. I did, I did watch the Ring of Honor pay per view event. We'll talk about that more this week's on this week's uh, uh, Wrestling Night Live on the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Make sure you sign up there every Thursday night, eight PM Eastern Standard Time. There's my cheap, shameless plug for that. But yeah, outside of there, man. Whew. Nothing really much. I, I can't say much. I mean, obviously, this upcoming week is the holiday week. End, if you will, or technically Sunday, Monday, but it, that usually goes for the whole weekend. And uh, hey, next week I got a week off from work. Nice. Ooh, paid week off. Yeah. I have a go. day off of work. <laughs> they were Fuck so nice. y'all. <laughs> they were so nice. They gave you a day off. Well, with that, hopefully everybody out there uh, has a had a great week and has a great upcoming week. And, of course, we'll talk about holiday stuff at the end of the show. But before we can dive in and talk about all the fun stuff we're going to be talking about today, we got to get some business out of the way. We got to pay them bills. It's time to hit them open. Shameless plugs. And, of course... If you would like to find out anything at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. There you can find all the social media links. You can find the links to the Public store. You can find the links to Patreon. Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as low as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, including uh, this upcoming week, the last 3FN Horror Show of the Year. That's exclusively over there on Patreon. And it'll be Child's Play celebrating this holiday season. And of course, on the other end, the last 3FN Rewind of the year, and that'll be the 40th anniversary of the legendary Brian De Palma film Scarface. All that and more. 3FN Podcast is on Patreon. 3FN Podcast. So go over to 3FNPodcast.com and get that link. Also, while you're there, check out friends of the show like the ODPH Podcast. Check those guys out, stream their show. Make sure you stop by nerdinitiative.com. Check out everything Nerd Initiative has to offer. Coming up is the Cheersy Awards. Those are the awards that uh, Kenham and those fine folks over at Turn a Page give away uh, for great best in comic books. And of course, we'll be doing the Brodies in the beginning of part of the year for the wrestling segment as well. So make sure you keep your eyes out for that voting. Next in up is our good friends over at the musical directory that provide us with the music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs. And first up, we're going to give a shout out to our good friend Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song that you hear each and every week at the beginning of the 3FN podcast. So for all them and all the other great bands, make sure you're following them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but not least is the sponsorship section. And we're going to get the uh, abbreviated version because, hey, we got to give them a shout out. They help us bring the show to you every week, commercial free. Shout outs to our local sponsor, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you want to put the pride back into your ride, Diesel, what's the number to call? 607-644-3389. Of course, the, the energy sponsor, W Energy. Go to W.GG. Put it in the promo code 3FN podcast. 
25 for 10% off every order. Next up is our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. There is tickets and vendors for sale, so go to scifihorrorfest.com. And last but not least, our main sponsor who provides us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games, for all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs. Visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And if you all forgot anything I just mentioned, make sure you just go to 3FNPodcast.com because it's got your hookup like Big Papa Pump. All right. Now that we got business out of the way, let's get the fun started. Then we got to start the party off with a little bit of... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Uh, coming in at number five this week on the box office, Trolls band together with another $4 million. They banded together for another $4 million. Coming in at number four, staying in the top five, Godzilla minus one with $4.9 million. The movie that was only supposed to be open a week, going into three weeks and still making money. Yep. Uh, coming in at number three, The Boy and the Heron with $5.2 million. Nah, I'm surprised it hasn't done better, but once again, I think we figured it out last week. Yeah. Santa is crushing everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, staying in the number two spot this week, The Hunger Games, The Bale of Songbirds, Songbirds and Snakes, with another $5.8 million. Still snaking their way in. And then debuting at number one this week, Wonka with $39 million. Big uh, separation there, but of course it was the only big movie coming out this week, so hey, and good on it because, hey, there's a lot of people our age, according, we're doing that for the 3FM Movie Club review, but there's a lot of people our age that grew up on the original film, so why not check it out? All right, coming out this week, we have Migration, the animated film. I'm going to go see that with my wife. I don't know if we're going to review it at all here, obviously, but I'm going to go see it with my wife because it looks funny. Yep. For some reason, when they do that joke in the trailer of uh, Duck LaRange, what is that? That's you, covered in LaRange. I thought it was just funny. Uh, also coming out this week, we have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, Ron's going to go see that movie. Yeah, I know. Uh, also coming out, we have Anyone But You, the romantic comedy. Yep. And then the one that we're all excited for here, The Iron Claw. Yeah, I know. I'm going to make some time, hopefully, uh, to go with Diesel on this holiday weekend or sometime uh, to go see Iron Claw because I'm very excited to see it. And uh, there'll possibly be a uh, special review for it going up on Patreon and then maybe even the main feed if I'm feeling saucy in that week of uh, between Christmas and uh, New Year's. And then coming out the following week on actual Christmas because holiday weeks, Movies get review uh, dropped off earlier. We have the boys in the boat, the color purple, Ferrari, and Lost Weekend. I might check out that Ferrari movie. It does look interesting. Color purple. I'm kind of. Uh, I mean, I might still go see it, but I think that the first, the original color purple, was such a legendary film, and it looks like they changed it quite a bit. I don't. I mean, it still might be great, but I mean, I just think the world of the original color yeah. purple so i don't know if i want to see they openly said that they've changed quite a bit yeah. so yeah. i don't know I, I i'm just such a fan of the original i might still go see it let's be honest yeah. but listen the next couple of weeks of 3fn movie club is not even really the 3fn movie club because the next couple is uh, what we like to call our holiday season spectacular so this week of course we're reviewing wonka in the 3fn movie club review next week though the show will be uh, probably a little shorter even and it's going to be the year-end awards so we're giving out the nerdies 
for the best in uh, different categories of the year. So you're going to have to tune in next week to see what we thought. I mean, we only give out one worst spot. Let's be honest. We're at least nice enough that we don't do best and worst of everything. Uh, so, you know, we try to keep it a little more positive. And then the week after that is a one that I know a lot of people love every year, and it's our preview show. So we're going to be talking about the movies that are coming out in 2024 and also giving you uh, what ones we may be doing in a 3FM Movie Club review if they don't get moved around too much. Because <laughs> that's always a... A, a crazy thing. That's why I only put down a couple months at a time, and that way we can change them when we have backups, and it's it's always fun here at the 3FN Podcast. So, with that, though, let's get out the, the what it will be the final top three of the year, uh, Diesel. This is this is monumental. This is our last top three of the year 2023. So, what is the last top three for the 3FN Podcast in 2023? Your top three favorite child actor performances. All right. I went through a couple different ones, and I, I actually, I think I hit every uh, the spectrum here. So, in my number three spot, Maya Bruton, who played uh, Sarah in Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, <laughs> nice. We all remember nice. the yep. Thor yep. helmet. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, number two, going to the world of horror, Heather O'Rourke playing Carol Ann in the Poltergeist movies. Okay. Oh, nice. And at the number one spot. And I really did enjoy this movie, and I thought that this child in particular showed great. Uh, this movie is a dramedy, so there was great drama from this person and also comedy. Roman Griffin Davis, who played JoJo in JoJo Rabbit. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I thought that was a really great performance, and uh, hey, sky's the limit. Ron, what is your top three? Uh, my top three, I'm going with uh, Daphne King and Logan yep. playing X23. Okay. Uh, Number two, Chloe Grace Mortez for Kick Ass as Hey, hey Girl. girl. Mm-hmm. You know, just the whole swearing part was amazing, and I don't care what anybody says. And then I'm going with Joey Kramer from Flight of the Navigator. Ooh, good well, stuff. One of my favorite Disney movies. Very much. And then Paul Mall, the voice of yep. the Flight of the, Nav- the Navigator itself, <laughs> the, the ship. Uh, of course, that would be the late great Paul Rubens, <laughs> but uh, it was kind of funny that Paul Mall was the fake name he came up with it for it. All right, Diesel, you're up. All right, got an honorary mention for uh, for E.T. with Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore. Nice. But coming in at number three, we have a twofer from the same movie, River Phoenix and Will Wheaton and Stand By Me. Oh, uh, so good. Ooh, good, good choice. Uh, coming in at number two, Haley Steinfeld for True Grit. Yes, oh, she was Ooh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, was she really was. And then my number one, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, Abigail Breslin in Little Miss Sunshine. Ah, yeah, no yes, surprise there for me. That's awesome. Well. Do you remember who played Thor in Ventures of Babysitting? Yep. No, I don't. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Gomer Pyle um, from Full Metal Jacket, uh, oh, Kingpin. Oh, Vincent uh, Daffio. Vincent Daffio. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for all the clues, though. <laughs> I, just, I just I remembered that, and I was like, I, I, was like, I, I don't remember. I was, I was a little off there. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this week's 3FN uh, Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. But when we end to exit the triple stuff, we enter right on into... Welcome to 3FN's Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember... Book certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. All right, it is now time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week we are going to be talking about the prequel to one of the most legendary children's films of all time, or family films, I should say, of all time. That, of course, is Wonka. 
And uh, the 3FN Movie Club review, uh, for then, uh, those of you who might not remember, or for those of you joining us for the first time, and thank you if you're joining us for the first time, hopefully you'll go back and listen to some older reviews, and also stay around for some of the newer stuff that we got coming out, because we have a great big 2024 stacked up for movie reviews and more. But uh, here's how it works. We have a spoiler-free and then a spoiler full section, and for new movies, there will be a break in between, so that way it makes it even easier for you. So, for the spoiler-free portion, which we'll start on, we have all the stats of the movie, including Diesel's spoiler-free synopsis, followed by, you know, how much the movie was made for, and then, of course, who made the movie, who starred in the movie, and then we finish it with a spoiler-free thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, or thumbs-down recommendation with a spoiler-free why. Then we will take our break. After the break, we will come back and give you one final warning before jumping into the full spoiler review of Wonka, when then we will go and play the game to find out the scores from around the internet, and finally give you our scores for Wonka. And uh, excuse me, I just cannot talk today. So if you hear me stumbling <laughs> over words, I'm just kind of, it's one of them days, folks. So with that being said, are you gentlemen ready to talk about Wonka? Oh yeah. Well, Diesel, since you're ready, that means you can start us right up with... Man, I got a story to tell. Armed with only a hatful of dreams, young chocolatier Willy Wonka, the perennial dreamer, finally gets to realize his dream and open up his own chocolate shop, only to be torn down by the chocolate cartel. Ah, uh, right. Wonka was released on December 15th of 2023 with a runtime of 116 minutes, so just sub of two hours. Uh, this budget of the film, an estimated $125 million. It made $39 million domestically, as Diesel already announced, but it made $151.4 million worldwide. So hell of a worldwide yeah. box office for Wonka. <laughs> I'm sure it did really well in the UK because just like the original, this movie was very much a, a UK product. You're going to find that out when we get to the people who made it because now that we know those stats, let's find out who made this shit. And of course, first off is the director, Paul King. Paul King has only done a couple movies, but he's done a lot of stuff in uh, TV. Uh, but the first movie, Paul King directed Bunny and the Bull in 2009. And then he has directed back-to-back -back Paddington and Paddington 2. Next up, the screenplay is based on a novel by Raoul Dahl. And uh, Paul King is one of the screenplays and the story, and uh, same as he directed. He's uh, done everything he's directed, but he's joined by Simon Farnaby, and uh, he did the screenplay. First movie that he ever wrote, Mindhorn in 2016, Paddington 2, and The Phantom of the Open. Not The Phantom of the Opera, The Phantom of the Open. Next up, the director of photography is Chung Hoon Chung. Uh, first movie, Yuri in 1996. Uh, by the way, big legend in Japan. Like he's done a lot of Japanese cards, and probably the biggest Japanese credit he has for uh, the uh, to be a DP, Old Boy, oh, original nice. version of okay. Old Boy. By the way, he hit the international market running too, because his first movie he did that had like the big international backing, it in 2017. Oh, okay. oh nice. Uh, then he did a Hotel Artemis, Zombieland, Double Tap. Last Night in Soho, which uh, was one of our favorites, yep. Uncharted, and then he did six episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, nice. As the DP. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, done some amazing work. So, <laughs> shout out to Chung Hoon Chung. Next up is the composer, Jody Talbot. Uh, Jody, the first work, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in 2005. Uh, Angus, Thongs, and Perfect Snogging. Uh, that was uh, like a British to take on Angus, I guess. <laughs> and uh, the most biggest ones for Jody, Sing and Sing 2. 
Oh, big ones. Yeah. So the gigantic ones. But yeah, mostly British stuff as well. Once again, you're going to see that as a pattern. And speaking of which, now that we've talked about who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? So we're going to do the quote-unquote deep dive on about four of them that are most known, but then we have a lot of people that we're going to give shout-outs to that are a little lesser known, but still deserve all the, the shout-outs in the world. And first of all, the star of the movie playing Willy Wonka himself, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Men, Women, and Children in 2014 was the first movie Timothy was in. Uh, then we remember him from Interstellar, Call Me By Your Name, D one of Diesel's favorites of all time, Lady Bird, uh, The King, <laughs> Dune, and Bones and All, amongst other things that Timothy's doing. And he's got a lot of work coming up. He's called, uh, Dune Part 2 should have already been out, but now it's not coming out to next year. But he's got a lot of stuff on his yeah. plate. He's the new It Kid, if you will. Yeah. I shouldn't say Kid because he's in his 20s, but still, he's younger than I am. Next up, uh, I would say this is a legendary actor, Hugh Grant, playing an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> uh, first movie Hugh Grant was ever in was a movie called Privileged in 1982. Uh, then he would be in The Remains of the Day, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Nine Months, Bridget, the Bridget Jones franchise, Love Actually, Cloud Atlas, and most recently Glass Onion and uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, to uh, mention the most recent. Next up is somebody who's new to the game, but I thought was very good in this movie, and I'm sure this is why Diesel's top three was what it was. Uh, Kyle Lane playing Noodle. Uh, the only other movie she was in, The Day Shall Come in 2019, but she's been in a bunch of shows as well, and I think that she did a phenomenal job here, and I'm looking forward to more stuff from her. And last but not least on the deep dives, if you will, Keegan Michael Key, who plays the chief of police and has won a gigantic piece of my heart for this role. We'll get more of that in the spoiler section. Uh, the first movie that uh, he was in was Get the Hell Out of Hamtown in 1997. He was also in Role Models, Due Date, Horrible Bosses 2, Vacation, Get Out, The Disaster Artist. That one was for you, Diesel. Yep. Uh, the Predator, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and he's also in a movie movie coming out as you pointed out this upcoming week migration yep. he is a voice of migration so once again uh you know he's he's such a big thing and of course you know him from key and peel yeah. i mean i think that's why he was in get out let's be honest because you can't have one without the other him and jordan peel yeah. have made a hell of a tag team but i'll tell you what i think they're both super successful yeah. Uh, whereas Jordan Peele has gone on to be an amazing director and producer of films, Keegan-Michael Key is just amazing in movies. Yeah. Like, you, I've not seen him have a bad performance, yeah. in, including this movie. He has tremendous comedic um, energy just being in a scene. He's a genius. And I don't care what uh, Dave Chappelle said, you know, <laughs> when they took over for him. He, he was just angry, okay? He's just angry, folks. Uh, so let's talk about some people who were in the movie. Um, real quick, just shout-outs. Both of these are, are two British actors, but I want to give them a shout-out. Playing your some of your villains, uh, Bleacher, Tom Davis, and Mrs. Scrubit, uh, Olivia Coleman. I thought they did a great job. They're not, I haven't been in a lot of things that uh, most, you know, people here in the States would have seen, but they're hilarious. Loved them. Speaking of your trifecta of villains, you have playing the role of Slugworth, Patterson Joseph. Uh, Patterson Joseph, you might remember him from The Beach, Eon Flux, uh, Neverwhere, and then, of course, playing the role of Prodnose, Matt Lucas, and I'm pretty sure most of you remember him from Little Britain, uh, where he is one of, the, one of the members of the greatest comedic team of all time. Uh, also, Bridesmaids, Alice Through the Looking Glass, Alice in Wonderland. He's he's done quite a few yeah. pictures. 
but uh, very good. And then the other in the trifecta, the triumvirate, the, the uh, chocolate cartel, if you will, uh, playing Fickle Gruber, uh, Matthew Banton. And Matthew Banton has been in uh, The Wrong Man Is, uh, Bill, and of course, Tonight, Your Mind. So uh, mostly British films, but hey, they, they were very entertaining yeah. as villains, let's yeah, be honest. Uh, next up, playing the group of our heroes, Mixed in with our the two we already know, Noodle and Willy Wonka, would be Abacus Crunch. Jim Carter played Abacus Crunch. Uh, of course, Ron would remember him most from being in Transformers The Last Night. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was also in Shakespeare in Love and Downton Abbey, the movie. So, very big actor there. Uh, next up was Rocky Thakar playing Lodi Bell. Uh, very, uh, very few words, but I loved how uh, that came to advantage in this. <laughs> especially when you find out she's a call, uh, a fucking... A switchboard operator, yeah. if you will. Uh, <laughs> she was in Sex Education and yep. uh, the remake of Four Weddings and a Funeral for Hulu, by the way. Uh, next up, Piper Benz was played by Natasha Rothwell. Uh, Natasha Rothwell, you would know her from a... She was a writer on Saturday Night Live. That's where she got her break, by the oh, way. Nice. But she was also in the characters Insecure and A y uh, Year and Change, uh, to name the less. So she's still young in the career. And rounding out our heroes would be Rich Fulcher playing uh, Larry Chucklesworth. <laughs> uh, by the way, comedian named Chucklesworth. Uh, you know him from such British classics as The Mighty Boosh, Snuffbox, Marriage Story, and Disenchantment, which was the animated series on Netflix. Yep. So... Pretty cool stuff that they were involved in. And we got one more that we got to throw in there. And it's a big one. And I know Diesel probably marked a little bit. Playing the role of Father Julius. The legendary. <laughs> and I mean this. The legendary. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. And of course, you all know who Rowan Atkinson is. <laughs> it, it, you know you know him best because he's Johnny English. No. I'm joking. You might know him as Johnny <laughs> English. But let's be honest. You know him because he is the one and only, who is he, Diesel? Mr. Bean. That's right. <laughs> Legendary Mr. Bean. Uh, so it was nice to see Robert yes. Atkinson in this movie. There's so many other great actors in this movie, but that was when I saw him on the screen. I was like, because I try to stay away from any spoilers at all. So all of a sudden I see him in the role. I'm like, holy shit, it's Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. And you, got, you, can't make a, you can't make a British comedy, I'm sorry, without Mr. Bean. Oh, yes. Let's be honest. So with that being said, folks, we are now at the spoiler-free Recommendation. It's a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down. And of course, with a spoiler free why, we're going to start with Ronald. Ron, what is your recommendation for Wonka and why? Uh, it's a thumbs up. It's uh, If you're a fan of uh, Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory or even the Johnny Depp Charlie and Chocolate Factory, it, this piece actually fits for both of them. So it, it definitely is definitely a watch. If you're a fan, if you're not a fan, you're just getting into them, watch it anyways. It, you know. All right, Diesel, what is your recommendation for Wonka? Oh, my blood sugar is way, 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 way up for this one. <laughs> All right, so way up. Uh, really enjoy this movie. Um, it was very well acted. The music in this movie was tremendous. And the story itself had a lot of heart. And I really enjoyed the journey it took us on. I will say this. I'm also giving you a thumbs up, so Ron out. And I wanted to piggyback off of something you said. Uh, I do agree with Ron. You could really put this before either of them, but I mean, this is really the prequel to the, the original yeah, Willy yeah. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, throughout the movie, there's a lot of fan service to that, which, of course, 
people our age, especially me and Diesel, grew up watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It hits all the spots that you wanted to. And then you also, if you forgot, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was a musical. This is also a musical. Uh, so if you don't like musicals, I guess you just you skip this one. But I thought that this was fine. Yeah. I, 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 and I like musicals. Yeah. So that's that's another reason that it got a big, you know, no, you know little feather in the cap if you will but yeah definitely worthwhile film go see it if you have time in the long holiday weekend it's a perfect time to go have some fun with the family with wonka because it really is for everybody yeah really is well with that we're going to take our break when we come back from the break we are going to dive into the spoiler full review of wonka Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know, I felt it too. And I'm still trying to figure it out, just like you. Just like you. Tragic tale for you. Umpa, lumpa, dumpa If you are wise, you'll listen to me. Yeah, lumpa land is both luscious and green, but not conducive to growing the bean. My job was guarding what little we got. You came along and pinched the lot. Hey, why don't you say something? Well, perhaps I drifted off. Umpa, lumpa, dumpa when I awoke, they sent me away. I'm disgraced, cast out in the cold. Till I've paid my friends back a thousandfold. A thousandfold? You gotta be kidding me! I repeat, a thousandfold. And that is the tale of the Oompa Loompa Doopity Dees from Wonka 2023. Uh, you know, it's always a good time to hear the Oompa Loompa song. Yes. And listen. <laughs> Non-spoiler, it was nice to hear the, origina- the original version back, including the little uh, fiddle whistle. And by the way, like I said, this doesn't really give much away, but when you look back at Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the original movie, that is what they did. He Willy Wonka would play the little fiddle, and then all of a sudden, here comes the Oompa Loompas <laughs> singing their song. So it's a lot of callbacks like that that make you realize where things came from. So kudos to everybody involved with Wonka. Now... Let's get on with what we're talking about, because we are back after the break, and that means we're going to jump into the spoiler-full review of Wonka. So, if you have not seen Wonka, and you do not want the movie spoiled, it is now time for you to stop this podcast, go see the movie, and after you've seen the movie, come back and hear what we fully thought about Wonka. If, however, you have seen the movie or you don't care if it gets spoiled, stay on board because we're entering the spoiler zone right about... (laughs) 
now. All right. So uh, for anybody who might be new or has forgotten how we do the spoiler full review is we don't go through scene for scene. We're going to go through kind of the movie uh, in pieces. So if we miss things out, it, it just happens. Uh, then we'll go to our likes and dislikes before playing the game to find out what the scores from around the Internet were. And then finally giving our scores for this movie. Gentlemen, are you ready for the spoiler full review? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So we get an open for, uh, by the way, we get an open with a little of uh, the uh, piano part from uh, Pure Imagination. So that's kind of nice. And, uh, you know, the nice little Wonka title card and everything. And uh, we get introduced to young Willy Wonka, who is on a ship, and they are on their way to presumably London? Yeah. Uh, nondescript English city. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we know from the original film it's London. So it's kind of maybe they're taking it out of London. Maybe they're not. But they never really describe if it's London or not. So we're just going to assume for the arguments of this review it is London. It's just easier to say that because that's where the original movie took place. So... Wonka is very happy. He's a young man. He's very spry. And all he wants to do is go and live his dreams. And he's even singing about his daydreaming and how he only has uh, uh, 12 uh, shillings to his life. 12 shillings. And then as the song progresses, it keeps going down and down and down until he has no shillings left. <laughs> so at this point in Juncture, he meets Bleacher, who says, hey, you can't sleep outside. It's cold out here. And Willy Wonka's like, I'll be fine. It's just one night. And his hot cocoa is already turned to ice. <laughs> so he follows him back to Scroobit's, uh laundry and boarding house, if you will. Dollar a night. And uh, once again, this is one of those times where we get to see a callback to the original film because Willie is going to sign this contract for the night. <laughs> And uh, what is interesting about the contract, Ron? He was told to check the, the small print, and he pull, and it just keeps going and going and going. And he goes from where they were standing to where the door is. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like the original movie, if you remember, with the big contract, and it just keeps going. Uh, they kind of got that in there and squeezed it in. And, of course, Willie says everything looks fine. Everything's in order. <laughs> so he signs it. Well, the next day he goes to sell his chocolates in the renowned section of chocolates where we have your three major chocolate dealers, including, uh, you know, I, I, th I thought it was funny that Slugworth was the head of all yes. this. <laughs> that that, that kind of made sense, you know, coming from the original. But, of course, on the corner you have uh, Slugworth, uh, Prodnose, and Ficklegruber. And they have, they are the, uh, what is dubbed later on as the chocolate cartel. So he's going and he's selling and he, there's a shop right across from their shops that he's got his eye on. It's his dream shop and he's even daydreaming. As a matter of fact, during his song, he loses one of his shillings because no daydreaming. Cost you, well, actually, sorry, he loses three shillings. It's cost you three shillings for daydreaming. Yes. So uh, that's, you know, a little joke. So he's out in front of there, and he puts on, because we find out, that Willy Wonka is a bit of a chocolate magician, but he's also a bit of a magician as well, and a big showman. So we get a big song, and he's giving out uh, these candies. And Diesel, what is special about the candies? And I'm not talking about when he gives them to the chocolate guys eventually, but what is special about these candies when he's doing the song? Oh, they're... We find out that they're made of with a special bug inside of them that will lift you up as you eat them. Yes, they fly around <laughs> during the song and they seem to react to song and dance. And then after Slugworth and company come over, they uh, take the candies and they eat them and they kind of crap on them. But then they start floating away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the police say, hey, listen, you can't sell ca you know candy out on the street. So they take the rest of his candy, which wasn't much left, and all of the money he just made. So now when he goes back to pay his one shilling to the inn, Ron, what happens? Because he does get one shilling from the nice police officer. 
What what happens when he goes to pay for his keep? He finds that there's been added items to his bill. So his night for one shilling ended up being cost 10,000 shillings. Yeah, because if you warmed your cockles by the fire, that's a charge. Well, he Going had, up and down the stairs. He had charge. <laughs> you use the mini bar. There's no mini bar in the room. That mini bar is soap. You used it to wash your hands. Therefore, <laughs> that's yep. a charge. So it basically, is a, that was what was in the small print. So because he can't pay, they throw him in the basement. And in the basement is where the laundry stuff is. And they have uh, they have a lot of people down there already. That's where we meet the whole ragtag crew of our heroes, including, uh, well, we meet Noodle, because Noodle's the yeah. one that tells him about reading the small yeah. print originally. But we meet, you know, Abacus Crunch, Lottie Bell, Piper Benz, and uh, Larry Chucklesworth. Uh, down there because they all had the same unfortunate standing and they're all down there for different lengths of time so basically we get the scrub scrub song which was kind of fun and it describes what they do all day and when Wonka finally gets to his room that's when he gets to catch up with Noodle again and Noodle says I told you to ring the fied print and then we figure out that Willy Wonka can't do what Ron? Read. That's right he's illiterate he doesn't know how to read so he kind of just acted like he did know how to read because he didn't want to be embarrassed and he says that he goes through on the on the fact that most people are nice and she was like (laughs) she gives him the first lesson most people aren't nice so he also makes her her first chocolate he has this little chocolate making device and he gives her her first chocolate to to which she wishes she wouldn't because now she has chocolate but they devise a plan uh diesel and what is the plan that they devise they're gonna sneak him out so he can go out there and sell his chocolates and they can make money which they they've realize really quick that they need to get supplies first yeah so uh they go to the zoo and he needs the milk of a certain animal (laughs) ron what is the milk of what animal he needs to make his candies he needs milk from a giraffe yes and uh there's an interesting giraffe milking scene (laughs) gotta be honest it was kind of fun we we get uh abigail the giraffe milked and uh foreshadowing to what will come later (laughs) yes absolutely so after they get the stuff they need they hatch the plan of uh telling uh the 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 madam of the house that uh her muscle bleacher is actually royalty in 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 a faraway land I do believe it's Bulgaria. Yeah. Is it Bulgaria? I think it was Bulgaria. If not, so it's, it's something like that. And he basically, she's like, and in the meantime, Willie tells him, like, hey, show off your thighs if she wants you to fall in love. So he's wearing <laughs> lederhosen pretty much. <laughs> and uh, she is trying to hit on him because she thinks he's rich. So that distracts her. So that basically they use the dog and the fact that the dog likes to chase the postman. And Willie Wonka has postman pants for whatever reason. <laughs> so he takes a piece of those and the dog does all the work because, you know, Wonka's ingenious making machines. Yeah. yeah in, in addition to being like, a trained magician and a trained chocolatier he is a goddamn genius when it comes to feats of engineering oh absolutely (laughs) and they sneak him out so he can go sell what he has but of course the uh the chocolate cartel does not want him selling anything and we find out the name chocolate cartel because once he comes back from the first time and doesn't have much because of this basically uh, what is said to him by Abacus uh, Crunch, who's who's was originally <laughs> one of the uh, what is it uh, accountants? He was a replacement for Slugworth, yep. and basically he's like, "Hey, listen, they take and they skim off the top and they hide all this stuff so they can pay off everybody. And if you try to sell chocolate, you can't because it's illegal to sell chocolate on the street. You have to have a shop." Yep, and we find out that they are putting out crap and selling it as pure chocolate. Well, they're it's only like maybe fourteen percent actual chocolate. And they are just 
cutting the market. Yes, they're <laughs> overcharging for it. Because one of the things that they bitch about when they talk about getting walk out, because at this point, Juncture, they've gone to the sheriff and they've gotten the sheriff involved and said, hey, next time you see Wonka, put the fear into him because uh, we don't want him selling chocolate because it's good and he's only charging a shilling for him. And that's not that's not how this works. <laughs> and we get the one of the better musical numbers of the thing with, uh, do you have a sweet tooth? <laughs> yes, do you have a sweet tooth? True. And uh, Keegan-Michael Key... Uh, his officer. One of the things we like about him is they bribe him in what, Ron? Chocolate. Oh, and and when they're doing the Sweet Tooth song, they get up to, what, 1,800 boxes of chocolate? Yeah. yeah so yeah. throughout the movie, uh, what happens with Keegan-Michael Key Diesel? Every scene we see of uh, this officer throughout the movie from this point on, he gets slightly larger and larger <laughs> until he is essentially... Uh, the size of the blueberry from the original movie. Yes. I was going to say, yes, very much so. So what happens is they have, uh, finally, everybody, all of our heroes, if you will, get together. And, okay, together we can fool them. So how are we going to do this? So what they're going to do is they devise a plan that, hey, I know magic, but I need the smoke and mirrors. And basically the one uh, lady is, is a plumber, and she says, well, I know how to do manholes. So we can use manholes all over you. As soon as they come, you dive in a manhole, we get away. And then we'll create the diversion and distractions, and we'll help out. And then we can all make the money to pay for us to get out of here and then go on to make the business. So they all become like a business partner family, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it works very well for a while. Until finally the sheriff, who is, like you said, getting larger <laughs> each time, realizes that they are using the manholes yep and that is how they discover later on that it is six of them and they say that they believe the little girl is the mastermind and slagworth <laughs> has his real weird interaction about the young lady yes. because we find out early on the young lady is an orphan and the only thing that she has is this uh, ring that's on a necklace that has the letter n on it that's why they said that her name is noodle so Later, so basically Slugworth goes and because he knows where they are staying now and he gets um, Mrs. Scrubit to be like, hey, guess what? You've got some unwanted. I need you to take care of this. But in the meantime, Wonka opens what, Ron? He opens his business. Right. And they have their opening day and people have seen the magic and people are talking about how great Wonka chocolates are. So when we come in, and by the way, we'll talk about this in, in, in it's, it's a like now, but I, there was a scene where this, there's an older gentleman is the first person is like, it goes in the store and, you know, Willie goes, you know, close your eyes and then imagine. And I'm like, all right, we're getting pure <laughs> imagination because this is the perfect time for the epic pure imagination scene. Nope. We get a brand new song. Yep. <laughs> which was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like, I want pure imagination. Like you hear the little riff for it in the background, the whole movie. This is what the time when it was like, this is the perfect time, right? Cause he's, they're entering and just like they entered the chocolate factory when we heard pure imagination. So you're like, this is going to be it. And then it's not, well, how does the opening go diesel? Oh, I don't remember the exact opening. Well, no, no, not the song, but how oh. does, how does the opening of the store go? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> so everything's successful at first. Everyone's going gangbusters for this new product because it's uncut, pure chocolate with extra flavors and like they're enjoying everything until they realize everyone's starting to grow hair freakishly long and in different <laughs> colors freakishly quick and they realize that the chocolate's been tainted yeah and so some people get angry and basically it leads to the burning down of the store <laughs> yes. tainted with yeti sweat yes yes so obviously you know the cartel had gotten to it somehow some way 
And after all, you know, they leave Willie alone because obviously he's upset and that's it. The chocolate cartel comes in and says, hey, guess what? Yeah, we're behind it. As a matter of fact, you know, I always thought it was funny because the, the whole movie long, uh, Prod Nose is always like, as soon as they're like, you know, yes, we need you to take care of him. Yes, we want him dead. Like he always adds <laughs> too much. So they're like, yeah, we yeah, we definitely took care of that. He's like, yeah, we we hired uh, somebody to, to taint that up so we mess it up. He's like, yes, he gets that point. <laughs> he always says too much. So as he's they're sitting there, they say, listen, this is what we want. Slugworth, of course, being the leader, says, this is what we want. Here's a stack of money. This is for this person. 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 And this is for Noodle. They're, we're going to buy their freedom. And the little extra, the Noodle's got extra because we're going to make sure she's taken care of. All you have to do is go to this shipyard and get on the boat we tell you to get on. And you are going to sail away. And you'll never make chocolate again. Yeah. And Willie agrees to this because... Willie has to agree with this. Willie's found companionship within his cohorts, and Noodle he takes under his wing, and he wants to make sure that they're fine, and he is willing to give up his dream of being a chocolatier to make sure that they're safe. So he gets on the boat, and the boat's going towards the North Pole one way. And on the boat, we run into the Oompa Loompa again. Now, mind you, we didn't mention it before, but there's the sub story. <laughs> and you've seen it in the, kind of in the trailers where yeah. the Oompa Loompa, played by Hugh Grant, uh, is stealing his candy. And we don't quite know why. So in the room at when he was basically an indentured service servant yeah. or slave for this lady, in the room one night, he sets up a trap and catches the Oompa Loompa. And the song you heard is the Oompa Loompa song. It's the story. So basically what happened was Willy Wonka went to the Oompa Loompa's island and they had these coconut, cocoa nuts. <laughs> and he's, Cocoa beans. <laughs> yes. And he stole the four of them they have because he explains in a little longer than when he's talking that for whatever reason, they don't grow so well. So they can only grow small amounts. And it was his job to guard them, but he fell asleep. So now he has to go and get them back a thousandfold. So he's been stealing the candy occasionally from Willy Wonka so that way he could get back what he needs to get back in chocolate. And Noodle thinks that Willy is crazy because he's talking about this little orange man with green hair. And she is just like, you, you've lost your mind. <laughs> Pretty much. So when they're on the boat, the Oompa Loompa shows back up and he's basically uh, like, whatever. And they have an epiphany. Well, on the boat, basically, Oompa Loompa goes, well, are you going to give up that easy? That's stupid. Well, and, he yeah, he, and he still needs the rest of his chocolate. Right. They were that close to being completely concluded. He had on one jar left. <laughs> yep. And he was like, and he's like, but he's, but on top of that, he basically has the good guy turn where he's like, you're going to give up that easy? Not just on giving me my chocolate, but period. You're doing a good job. Why would you give up that easily? Well, if you're going to give up, I'm just going to lean back and go flat. And he leans back in his little chair. And uh, this is where we get the running joke throughout the movie where if somebody has an idea. They go, uh-huh. And then they're like, somebody's like, what do you got? Nothing. And then after the second one, it's like, okay, one is a coincidence. Two, you got something. Yeah. Tell me. So he tells them, look at the imprint of the ring. From Slugworth on my hand, it looks a lot like the ring the noodle wears. So, foreshadowing a little bit. Now, they're like, okay, we have to go save it. Obviously, Slugworth is not trustworthy. He's probably going to do something to Noodle. I have to go back. I have to get, get get to Noodle. So, he goes up to have the boat turned around. And, Ron, what does he discover <laughs> when he goes to have the boat turned around? There's no captain anymore. And there's just a pile of dynamite <laughs> with the ropes holding the the steering wheel the chocolate cartel put out a hit on young wonka <laughs> my favorite part about this though is when uh Oompa Loompa joins him for a second and he's just like oh no let's talk about this and he goes never mind the talk doctor wait and just pulls his little life vest and jumps overboard and wonka dives in after him so they get away and we find out what slugworth planned because 
as they let everybody go from their indentured servitude, if you will, at the uh, laundry place, when they finally get to Noodle, what happens, Diesel? So that extra money to make sure she was taken care of was for to make sure that she stays there for the rest of her life. That is money to keep her there so she can not go back out into the wonderful real world. Yes. And so basically, when Willie finds her, she's back into the pigeonhole. And then Willie and the group save her. And they have to now hatch a plan. Because we found out from a while ago uh, from the accountant that, hey, what they do is they have this underground vault that's underneath the cathedral. The church is in on it. They have these guards that are the basically chocolate-addicted monks. Yep. They have a father who runs them, and then you have to get down this elevator. And when you get to the bottom of the elevator, there's this like elite assassin at the bottom of the elevator that then you would get through to get into the vault. But we need to get, find a way in. So they hatch a plan because that's what we do. And uh, Ron, do you remember how they hatched this plan? The plan was had a, obviously a few moving parts. They had the phone operator go back to work so she could patch the phone in from the guard at the zoo to talk to the assassin because those were the two love interests. So they and they fed them both candies that made them have a night out. So they got drunk and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Yeah. They had to get the giraffe into <laughs> the church to make so everybody would get out of the church so they could sneak. Wonka and Noodle into the church and go downstairs. And mind you, there was like a big funeral that day. Uh, and then after that, there was the sneak to find the ledger after they were able to get by all the security systems. It's yes. pretty much it's pretty much it. What essentially they sneak a giraffe in, they they go downstairs with the on top of the elevator with a chocolate there for all her years of service so she could have a treat, which is going to get her drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we, and that's when we found out that the two know each other from the, 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 the assassin and the, and yeah, yeah, they're the ones that, so the, the long of it, by the way, this is also the part where Mr. Bean is, is at his finest because yeah. he's the pre he's the pastor. So they finally find the book, but by the time they find the book, Slugworth is onto them and there is the chocolate cartel. And they make them walk the chocolate plank. <laughs> and uh, how are they going to get rid of our heroes, Diesel? They are in the, the chocolate vault, and they are just going to flood the room with even more chocolate, thus encapsulating them in delicious death. Yep. Yes. So as it fill, before they go, before they fill it up, though, Willie says, hey, can you do one thing for me? There's a little orange guy with green hair, and I owe him this final jar of, of candy. Can you make sure that he gets these chocolates? It would be very nice because this is what I owe him so he can go home. So he tosses it to them. And uh, so that's going to play a part because what happens to that chocolate, Diesel? Well, they, they accept the terms because, you know, dying wish. Sure, we're going to do it. As soon as they're locked in, they just start tasting the delicious chocolates that does not belong to them. And pretty soon all the chocolates are gone. So now that all the chocolates are gone, what as as our hero Willy Wonka and Noodle are about to die, what ends up happening? Oompa Loompa comes back with a vengeance, coming to take what's his, and realizes that hey, you stole chocolate that belonged to me. I need to take back a thousandfold because that's the Oompa Loompa lifestyle. Yeah. So Ron, how does he take back a thousandfold while saving Willy Wonka <laughs> and Noodle? He takes. Takes uh, he gets all the chocolate out of the 
fault. Yeah, yeah he, he, he pulls, drains. He pulls, pulls the thing and goes down the drain. <laughs> and then he goes, and that he goes, that's payment because it's a thousand times full. <laughs> yep. So now, uh, as as uh, Slugworth and company, the chocolate cartel are outside, and they're like, "Oh, we took care of a problem." And mind you, in front of cops, you have uh, Brad Nose go, "Yeah, they're dead in chocolate." <laughs> and they're like, "Ah, that's one of the few times." And out comes Willy Wonka and Noodle, covered in chocolate, but yet not dead. And they have the ledger, and they hand the ledger to the one good cop. Yeah. <laughs> and that cop is looking at him, and she, he's like, because yeah, the, the, at this point, the chief is like, no, 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 I will take care of them. They're going to, you know, give me that book. He's like, first before that, he's like, oh, it's just probably nonsense. And the, the cop's like, no, no, this is good. And then he goes, well, give me that. I'll take care of it. So you don't have to do paper. He's like, can't do that, chief. Your name is in this book multiple times. <laughs> and so then they arrest the, go to arrest the chocolate cartel, but they run away. And uh, do they get very far, Ron? No. And why don't they get very far? Because they ate the chocolate, and then they started floating away. <laughs> yes, it had uh, some delayed reaction of fl- floating bugs. Yep, so they're hanging by the flagpole, holding on to each other, and now in- inevitably they're going to be caught and prosecuted. <laughs> and to add insult to injury, Diesel, what does Willy Wonka do after this, just to rub it into their nose a little more? Him and his cohorts open up the vault, the, the 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 valves to oh, the drain, yeah. and the the frozen <laughs> over fountain that had water in it is now a chocolate fountain. Yes, this is it? the origin of the Golden Corral namesake. <laughs> the chocolate fountain is born, and he's now giving away the chocolate cartels chocolate for free, uncut chocolate, uncut chocolate in glassfuls. <laughs> To everybody in London, we're going to assume it's London. <laughs> so now that uh, we've gotten this portion done, you know, Wonka, when he failed at the business, was really upset because one of the things his mom said is, when you open up your chocolate shop, I will be there. And of course, his mom passed away. And for whatever reason, Wonka took it on face value. And even Noodle, when they're at the shop, like, you really believe that? And he says, yes, she never came. Because he's more upset that his mom never came than the fact that yeah. he got sabotaged. And as he's sitting on the step, he's remembering what his mom said, looking at the Wonka chocolate that his mom makes. That's who, why he got into making chocolates. And he's looking at the bar, and as, as he opens it up, we see... What do we see that's familiar to us, Diesel? We have a... So the uh, chocolate is uncovered, and it, inside of it is wrapped in a nice piece of golden paper that has a lovely little inscription on it. So a, he finds his own golden ticket. It says the secret to the chocolate is sharing it with the ones that you love. So he opens it up and he splits it off and everybody gets a piece of the chocolate and they all have that good moment. But then as the clock goes off, and by the way, this is the same clock sound from the original movie, we end up finding out, oh, there's one more order of business. Noodle, uh, we find out in the process that basically Noodle is the niece of Mr. Slugworth. And his brother, it's not an N on there, it's a Z for his brother. And his brother made a questionable death Basically, Slugworth killed him so he could have all the, yeah. the money. And then he found out about this other heir. So he took he took her from her mother because she was sick and said, oh, I'll help her. And when her mother came back in a couple weeks, said she was dead. Meanwhile, he threw her into the laundry chute over at the, uh, uh, for Mrs. Uh, Screwbit. Yeah. So now we have the whole story. So she's technically the heir to Slugworth's fortune, but she didn't know who her mother was. And he alleged that she, he didn't know, but sure enough, her name was in the ledger. So they under, now they know who to find. So the uh, telephone lady has looked up and found her mother. And at the strike, he, he basically tells noodle, we found your mom. 
and I'm going to take you to her. She works at, you know, at the library. That's where she lives. So as we go to the library, and here's my victory moment. <laughs> as we go to the library, she's a little nervous about going to meet her mother, even though her mother knows she's coming. And this is when Willy Wonka, played by Timothy Chalamet, starts singing Pure Imagination. Yeah. And I was like, yes! And I'm going to be honest. Got a little emotional. Not because of the scene. I mean, it was nice to see the mother and daughter reunion, but I just love that that song was finally there. And every lyric fit the scene. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like perfectly, which was beautiful. And it's the original version of the song. Yeah. He didn't add, they didn't add words. They didn't take away words. It's the original. So it was really nice to see that. And you're just like, this is fucking awesome. We get to hear pure imagination. But that's not where the movie ends. No, no, no. We get a scene right there, not post credit, regular in the movie. We get a scene where the Oompa Loompa comes up and says uh, to him, hey, you still owe me one jar. And he goes, I'll take it whenever you can get it. You've had a long day. And he goes, you know, so he goes, no, nope, no. Nope. And he has him the jar. He's like, oh, wow, you already had it. He was like, thank you for saving my life. And he's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and then he basically uh, offers him a job because they've got to open not, they're not going to open a store. They need to open a factory. Yep. And the Oompa Loompa goes, nah, not interested. Then he goes, but I need uh, somebody to be a taste tester. And all of a sudden he perks up and he's like, well, maybe I can see what you have in mind. So they go to this spot where they go through these big doors and everything. And the Oompa Loompa's like, this doesn't look like much. I don't think I'm in. And then, of course, the daydreaming of, of one Willy Wonka, you start to see what would become the iconic chocolate yes. factory with the chocolate river in the fall and all that stuff that we remember from the original uh, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. And the Oompa Loompa shakes his hand and then we go to the outside as it builds up and we get the giant Wonka sign for the end of the movie. But it's not really a post-credit scene. We get a nice little fun during the credits <laughs> roll scene of another rendition of Oompa Loompa. And I, by the way, Hugh Grant does a great job yeah. doing the Oompa Loompa song. <laughs> but this Oompa Loompa song is accompanied with video and it's showing what happened to all of our heroes in the movie. Uh, them going back to their families, them going back to their jobs, their loved ones, everything that happened. And then, of course, for funsies, it also shows us what happened to, to Bleacher and Mrs. Scrooge as well. Uh, so that's where it ends. And I thought that was a really fun, cute ending. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it was another good way to get another Oompa Loompa song. <laughs> uh, so that that's the run through of the movie. Let's now talk about the, the likes and dislikes, and let's get the one out of the way that we normally get out of the way before I turn it over to you guys, because it's another one of those movies where it looked amazing. Uh, I thought that uh, they did a great job in costuming. I thought they did a great job with the, the world building. It looked very believable. I loved uh, their little, the, the, the color schemes were great because it's a big colorful world. And then on top of that, I thought that, you know, the soundtrack and everything hit the spot and the acting was good. So all the technical stuff, it checked all those boxes. We usually like to get that out of the way. Ron, I'll start with you on likes. What did you like about Wonka? Uh, this is definitely a movie that it, it does feel like the prequel to the to yeah. Wonka and all that stuff. Like sometimes when you get to these prequels, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's part of the world because they, they change too much. This was a nice little, little taste. Uh, it gives you a little bit more in the character. Obviously like he couldn't read at first at the end. He can, yep. um, but like the little, now he knows how to write, you know, uh, uh, write the freaking contract. Yep. And then that makes jokes on that. And like, he's always trying to make something better. That's why he, that's, what he did in the factory like so it, it does it is a very great prequel companion piece to the original so it, it does move along very well it's not too long it's just i don't think you really can take too much out of it 
unless you want it. Like, there's not, there's really nothing to take out of it. Yeah. it it's, it's, it's like, it, it works. You don't feel like you're in there the whole time. Like, you're, it's, you're in, you're out, you're good, and you enjoy the movie. Yeah, it's a well-paced movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Diesel, want to add to that? All right. So, uh, our semi-villains here, uh, Bleacher and uh, Scrub It. Yeah. I love these two because, as everyone knows, I'm a huge fan of musicals. One of my favorites is Les Mis. If you know Les Mis, the Thenardiers, the people that take care of Cassette when she's a young girl, one of the best songs in Les Mis, Master of the House. These are those people. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. The, the All the little extra surcharges, that's what the Master of the House song is all about. I love these guys. They thought they were hilarious, even as being quote unquote villains. Like they still had like great comedy bits throughout their entire arc. And I thought they were great. Um, I loved all the heartfelt stuff with the Wonka and his mother. I thought that was really well done. And then we finally got the payoff where he sees her in the crowd as he's, you know, open up to the chocolate and she, you know, she winks at him and disappears again. And once pure imagination hits, you're just like, you hit it in all the feels. So I really enjoyed all of that. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else? Pretty much it. Like, I think the music was great. I shot great. And the story itself was really well done. Yeah, I'm going to agree with everything you guys said. And uh, I'm just going to add to it. It was saying that I loved how it tied up the loose ends and you found out the origins of Willy Wonka. They did a great job of, like, whether it's the, the note that's written on the golden paper which would later on be the golden ticket so as he's sliding it open the way he slid it open and it revealed it revealed like a golden ticket so you were for those of us who remember the original we were all meant to go oh my god it's like a golden ticket you know so that's gonna you know that plays a part there's a part where he makes a comment about only if i could figure out how to make it everlasting you know the everlasting (laughs) gobstoppers uh you know so you know you start to see these all little like different things that you know he's putting out there like you said the contract writing you know so everything that happens to him you see that there's a part like even like when we used used to play it in the the clip i'm not going to do it today because it's more serious about you know the you violated the contract you get nothing good day sir (laughs) you see that even here in this in this movie you see the origins of that because that's kind of going back to what the two people did to him with yeah. the contract like he's basically giving them the legal ease about hey you fucked up so no 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 there's no pass and you know he even actually in this movie uh, after uh the chocolate factory burns down he actually says good day to the group yeah. he's like and he doesn't want to talk so he's just like good day and you're just like, oh, you know, there's so there's so many nods and what a prequel should do yes. to who Willy Wonka would become. Yeah. And and you know, I still think there's room for another movie here to, yeah. to actually build the chocolate factory and see what actually happens. Because remember, by the time you get to the the classic Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Mr. Wonka's been gone for a while. Yeah. Mr. Wonka got tired of people stealing his stuff, so he fired everybody from the the chocolate factory because he used to employ a lot of people on the west side of London and he fired everybody and then nobody saw him. But the factory still ran. Of course, we find out that's because Oompa Loompas ran it. But you know what I mean? Like, So you you, you have all these really cool like nods to what could possibly happen. So there's another movie in there if, if they want to and I think that it was very good. And it was good enough that I think I would like to see that movie. Yeah. All right, Diesel, we're going to go in reverse order here. I'm sure there's probably not many for you, but I'm sure there's some. Dislikes. All right, so I have this massive dislike when it comes to musicals in general, when it comes to movies, and it's beyond their control, so it's not a big one, but most musical movies, the song uh, sound dubbing is a little bit off, and and this one I noticed it quite a bit, 
and there's nothing you can really do about it unless I know in Les Mis when they did the the newest version of it, a few of the actors actually their singing parts were live on camera, so it looks a lot better. This one you could tell it was done in a studio and they tried to match it and yeah. But that's just a downfall of musicals and movies as as a whole thing. And it's hard to do the yeah. song and dance live, hence why yeah. a lot of stars who sing do it. I I, I agree yeah. with you though. It does kind of look a little weird. I tried to not pay yeah. too much attention to it, but it does it does happen out there. I mean, everybody did sing their own parts. I mean, Hugh, uh, you know, Hugh Grant did sing yeah. the Oompa Loompa song. Timothy Chalamet did sing all the the Wonka yeah. parts. So it's not like they didn't record yeah. the songs themselves. But I get what you're yeah. saying. But that's the only real gripe I had about this movie. So it's a minuscule one. And it's just, and it's not about the movie itself. It's about musicals in general. Um, that being said though, I did see some people and I was talking to a coworker today. His buddy was upset with like, well, Slugworth wasn't black. I just want to go ahead of this one really quick. Slugworth in the original movie was hired by Wonka to try to test people. So why wouldn't he use the name of, the chocolate cartel to yeah. set up that name. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm glad you said that because I was going to say the same thing. The reason why is because it's not the real Slugworth. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a hired person yes. who is just named Slugworth, and it was probably because, as Willy Wonka is known to be, it was probably a shot at the real Slugworth, yes. and that's what we're finding out. So, yeah. yes, the real Slugworth <laughs> could be black because what we saw in the movie never was Slugworth. Yes. It was just a hired person that yeah. that Willy Wonka hires. I think a lot of people forget that, though. Yeah. Because like, they never named the person. Yeah, it's a, it's a throwaway scene, too, at the end, because he's just like, he was a, Slugworth was a hired actor just to test you. Yeah. Yeah, because like, when he walks out of the yeah. thing, and that's part of the thing of the failure. Like, wait a minute, why is Slugworth here? Oh, no, I hired him. Yeah. So it's, ne- it's never really the real Mr. Yeah. Slugworth. So... Yeah, I I, 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 yeah. I do like how that explanation... I was thinking the same thing, because yeah. in my head, I never even thought about that, and I did see a complaint about that online, and I just went, but the Slugworth in the original isn't really Slugworth. Slugworth. It's just a hired person who was hired by Willy Wonka. So, to test them. So, yes, we never get his real name, but it makes sense, because why wouldn't he take the rubbing of that? That's fine. And also, I'm assuming that Willy Wonka probably... Because Slugworth chocolate was still around. Wonka probably... Because now we know they were in jail. He probably just bought the name. Yeah. And or Noodles. Noodle ran it, and that makes more sense because it, they weren't really competition. Yeah, yeah. And then another thing I saw when it came to this movie was people wanted a creepier young Wonka, which, no, like you were just saying, like they left it open where we can see another movie to set up the in between between this and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I think showing how he gets his humanity in this movie is more important than seeing what made him a little bit weird in the head which that if they do a second movie they'll probably go a little bit more into that i would say this though i i think that a lot of people are also looking at the charlie and the chocolate factory movie for the creep factor i understand that the gene wilder version is a little eccentric but if you think about it and you take what we know about this from the prequel he's an idealist yes that is what wonk is he's kind of a and i'm not saying this is an insult he's kind of like a simple everything is by what it is he takes everybody at face value remember he says in this movie that he he knows the people on the surface are generous so that's why he just goes off the generosity of people and their niceness and that's what he does even when he is wonka in that movie you could argue the fact that the argument with that would be like the kid murders if you will but the 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 thing of the matter is is he was they're all being tested to find out who was 
the one that should take over his factory. Yeah, who was worthy? <laughs> and I don't know if he was really creepy. I, I mean, there was the scene in the boat, but I mean, how much of that yeah. is play or acting? Because think about it. He, he acts a little crazy even uh, to Charlie at the end when he's mad that he didn't pass. But then after he leaves the everlasting gobstopper there, and he basically is like, you passed, my boy. Yeah. And like then he gets all excited again yeah. so it's kind of like because even when you first meet him he does the weird walk and stuff it's on purpose to get the crowd's reaction because nobody's seen him in a while yeah. and then he does that tumble and stuff and he's like ha and then after they're inside the factory he's pretty normal other yeah. than when the kids but once again he's just looking at it as they're passing or failing so i don't know how creepy or weird wonka really was but to your point you could also show once again you show us humanity in this movie. If you do the middle movie where it shows where I, why he ended up firing people yes. and not trusting people, that would make sense of why he becomes a hermit and a recluse, which would make sense why he's really fucking weird. But I thought they did a good I don't know. That's and I do have a dark theory that we'll talk about after this part where I do think there is some hidden creep beneath the scenes of this movie, too, though. About okay, Wonka. we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ron. What are some dislikes from you? Honestly, I don't have really too much other than, like you said, the technical dubbing issues that movies like these have and it, it happens even in regular movies you can you can yeah. catch some of the where they went and redid a line it happens especially nowadays with how crisp and clear these movies are with digital technology you just notice it a lot more and it's just some movies it's bad some movies you just like it's just par for the course this is one of the movies that it's just par for the course because it is a musical singing and dancing is not very easy to do yeah. when you're all doing it, you know, on camera, and then they say cut when you're, you know, only a third away through the song, and then you got to pick up that, and then you got to go through like it's all cut and edited, blah 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 blah. So if you notice it, you'll notice it. Most people, the average person's really not going to notice it. Sorry, people, I'm just going to call it how it is. Us because this is how we critique things. We've been doing it for years because it's just how we are when we watch movies. We we catch. The parts that oh that's an edit not a flaw you know and there, don't get me wrong there's a bunch of people that do it because you, you find the coffee cups you find the water bottles you find this in places the airplanes flying over in a part of history that can't happen like yeah. you, there are people that find it but sometimes some things go years without being seen so it's just there so and overall there's not really much to complain about this movie i was gonna say I, i'm with you on that it's just uh, some s small technical stuff that you know marks off little points but nothing major the only thing that i uh would say was a dislike is i would have liked a little more explanation of the story of noodle and her family like you get a little bit of it but i would like to have known just slightly more and with that uh though the caveat to that is if you do do another movie a sequel to this wonka uh, leading into the future, well, obviously the past, yeah. whatever you want to call it, I, maybe they will touch upon what happens with her more. Because they, out of all the characters at the end, they don't really give too much for her other yeah. than she's back with her mom. But, you know, obviously Slugworth is still a thing. She's technically the heir to that fortune. So I would assume that has to come into play. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have liked to know a little bit more instead of just the alluded to story. But I get in a family movie, you're not going to have Mr. Slugworth talk about killing his brother. So I, I kind of, <laughs> you kind of have to read between the lines. So it's not, it's not a big gripe. It's just a minor. Yep. All right. So now that we've gone through our likes and dislikes, it is finally time to find out what the internet thought about Wonka. And you know, we like to do that by uh, playing. Time to play the game. Time to play the 
That's right, it's time to play the game, and uh, this has really been a flip-floppy back and forth. Diesel, you came away with it last week by the skin of your chinny-chin-chin. Now it is time for uh, Ron to see if he can reclaim. So, the game is played simple as Price is Right rules. That means close to the number without going over gets the point. First to three points wins this week's game. Of course, if the final question has to be worth two points, that's fine. Or also, if there is tiebreaker need, the final question will be closest to the number because we don't do ties. And let's be honest, I make the rules, so hey, I can change them when I want. <laughs> so, gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Oh, yeah. All right. So let's fire it up. And uh, Ron, since you're the challenger, you get to go first. IMDb out of 10 using points. What did they give Wonka? 76. So 7.6? Yep. All right. Diesel. Sorry. That's okay. I forget. I forget this one. <sighs> this one's really hard to judge. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm going to go with the numbers. I'm going to go with one. I'm going to yeah, shortcut yeah. it. Shortcut I'm going to take the under. All right. Well. It pays off. Diesel gets the point. 7.4 out of 10. Ryan, you were just oh. Hey, next year, we are going to be starting closest to number all the way around. So you might have gotten it there, Ron. Might have gotten it there. All right, Diesel, you're up one to nothing. You go first on this question. Metacritic. Remember, this is critics from all over the internet. They just take the whole score. Out of 100%, what did they give Wonka? I think 70 is a good base number. 70. Ron. 73. 70. Ooh. 73 and... Oh, 66%. 66%. Uh, Metacritic's usually a little lower. I know, but I just... It, 66 in Metacritic is actually high. Yeah. But Timothy Chalamet and Musical, that's like... That, that's why I was thinking it was higher. <laughs> so Diesel is still in the lead. One to nothing. Ron, you get to go first. This is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. So this is the critics from Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give Wonka? 70. Diesel. 73. <laughs> we'll give you a little give you a little wiggle room and Diesel gets a point 84%. Okay, I think, 84%. Gonna, I didn't think it'd be that high. All right, Diesel, you're up to nothing. You can win the game right here and not have to worry about that pesky last user. So, with that, Ron Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, what did they give Wonka? And you go first, Diesel. It's early people. 85. I'm going high. 85. Ron um, I'll go one just to yep. <laughs> 85 one and the survey says your winner <laughs> and still champion diesel 91 percent 91 percent all right so for funsies by the way there was no Google user score once again I don't know what's going on with that percentage so I got the fandango score Ooh. so Ron I'll just let you for funsies guess what did fandango fans give Wonka? 78. Diesel. 83. Diesel, you would have been closer. 91% on right. Fandango. So fans really did like this movie. Just throwing that one out there. So now that we found out the internet scores, let's kick it over to our scores finally because, hey, that's what you came for, right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right. So with that... We are going to give our nerd score followed by my critic score. And it's simple. The uh, nerd score is a recommendation score. And uh, we base this off of our, the critic score, our critic score and an entertainment score. Which this means for you guys is that if the movie is critically bad but it was super entertaining, it can actually raise the nerd score and vice versa. And the nerd score is based on the nerd scale. And the nerd scale has five parts of five parts alone. The number one spot 
is no. That means it's a terrible movie. You should never watch it. The two spot is you've been warned. That means it's not quite a terrible film, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, it's good. These are average to good movies. They're movies that you don't need to spend money on, but if you catch them on, you're not going to regret seeing them, but you're probably not going to watch them more than once. The next up is the four slot, and that is Just Take My Money. These are the very good to great films. These are films that you can feel free to go see in the theater. Feel free to add to your collection. You might even add them to your rotation. They are very good to great films. And last but certainly not least, the Rarified Air Certified Nerd. These are for the creme de la creme, the legendary films. Films like Jaws and Jurassic Park usually are our examples on this. These are movies you're going to go see. You'll go see when they get re-released. You'll buy them. You'll buy multiple copies of them if they re-release the copies. And they definitely get added to your rotation because they are the creme de la creme. So with that being said, Ronald, we're going to go to you first. On the nerd score, what do you give it for Wonka and why? Uh, My score actually has been fluctuating a little bit since I've watched it. I'm going to give it a five. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. The reason why I'm giving this a five is because I was not upset I saw it. I was not upset where they went with it. Granted, it was a little different than I thought they were going to do, which is fine. I'm not upset about it. Not, you know, maybe that's part two. You know, we don't know. Um, I'm not. Uh, it's a movie that I actually really, really want to see a second time. And there's a lot of movies out there like I'm like, ah, I'll go see it a second time or I'll see it when it comes out. Like, no, this one I really, really want to see a second time. That's why this pushes it to the five met level for me. This will be a rotational movie. It is there. It's solid. It'll play a beautiful partner piece with the original, and that's why it's fine. Absolutely. Diesel, what is your nerd score and why for Wonka? Much like you, Ron, I've been waffling between two numbers, but I also landed on a five. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. Um, my takeaways for the negative sides of it were minuscule, and it's not even about the movie itself. It's about the genre of the movie itself. I watched this movie, and... I think it's a great accompaniment piece to the original one. I think it f- makes us for- forget about the Tim Burton debacle, um, which is massive. And this is one where I've already listened to the soundtrack on, during my free time. I will go see this movie again in the theaters. I will own it a hard copy. I really enjoy this movie, and I put it up there with the original Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Well... I'm going to not bury the lead, and let's just say it's got a clean sweep. I give it a five. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. So this is a movie where it could have gone really bad and really bad quickly because I am such a fan of the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it was no no hiding that this was the prequel to that movie. They were very much publicly saying that this is the prequel to the original film. And so you knew going in that this movie could have failed in many different ways. It could have not been a musical because honestly, they did a good job of not showing us any real musical numbers during the trailers. So I didn't know if they were going to pull the musical trigger or not. I was hoping so since it was a prequel. Uh, On top of that, I love Timothy Chalamet, but looking at him and looking at Gene Wilder, you're kind of like, are we going to get there? I'm going to, you know, once again, he's a good enough actor, fuck it, great enough actor that he pulled it off. And I, I, I can't say, listen, if you're talking about the, the young up-and-coming actors that are out there, Timothy Chalamet deserves all of the movies that he's in. He deserves to have the success he's going to have. And going forward, it's not just because of this role, but because of other roles. But if you can take a role that has iconically been placed with one human being, and you can also so hey, listen, I was able to play that person in the prequel, and for the most part, there is very little complaints other than kind of eh, waffly ones. You did damn good, kid. Um, on top of this, I thought that they did an amazing job from the writing standpoint. They did an amazing job right down the list because, you know, this is a, mo- you know, 
Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory from, I do believe, 1974, if I'm not mistaken, is one of those movies that is an iconic family movie. Yes, it gets a little weird and stuff, but let's let's be honest. People, especially in our age group, the elder millennials, Gen Xers, the latter half of Gen X, this is a movie we grew up watching. This is a movie we grew up watching over and over again. I would compare, Willy, honestly, I compare Willy Wonka to uh, the generation, the boomer generation, if you will, watching Wizard of Oz. And I understand Wizard of Oz came out in 1934, I do believe yeah, it was. 32 or 34. Yeah, something. It was it was in the 30s. However, remember it wasn't a it wasn't a hit until the 1950s. Yeah. So it was the generation of our parents that started to love the Wizard of Oz and pass that down to us as well. This is our kind of our generation if, as far as when we were born. This is our Wizard of Oz that we tried to pass down. And there are still kids this day, my kid included, who has watched Willy Wonka and enjoys Willy Wonka in the chocolate. 1939. Factory. Sorry. It was 1939 oh, for yeah. uh, Wizard, of Wizard of Oz. Oz. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking it was sometime. No, I, was, I just said it. I should, have, I should have figured it out because this 85th anniversary is actually coming up in January. And they're doing a Fathom event, which I'm probably oh. most likely guaranteeing that I will be going to see the Wizard of Oz in the theater. Let's be honest. Uh, I'm a huge Wizard of Oz fan as well. So with that being said, beating back on Wonka, there's some big shoes to fill in. So the fact that they did it, and not only did it, they did it successfully while making me very happy is great. Yes, they did the behind-the-scenes fan service of going, this is what went into what would make Willy Wonka later on. But they also did a great job in the musical department. I thought all the new songs, because everything was pretty much new except for Oompa Loompa, which is new lyrics, yeah. but it was the same original style, which I'm very happy they did that. And then finally giving you Pure Imagination, which if there's any song from the original Willy Wonka that everybody remembers, and there's some great ones. There's the rendition of The Candyman in, in that movie and, and, and a ton of other songs. But the song that everybody remembers is Pure Imagination. Yes. That is the uh, somewhere over the rainbow, if you will, of True. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So the fact that they had a spot and you thought, you know, and I, I actually give them the genius of that. They had a spot in this film when they entered the, cho the, the chocolate store the first time. And you're like, this is where they're going to play it. They even set it up the same. Because, <laughs> you know, if you listen to the original version, he gets to the point where, you know, close your eyes and think about it. And then the doors open and he starts singing Pure Imagination. So they have the part where he tells the guy to close his eyes and then we see the magic. And you're like, here comes Pure Imagination. And they even kind of have the little yep. tone in the beginning. And then they change it to a brand new song. And I was like, these motherfuckers are fucking with me. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, listen, if this doesn't have Pure Imagination in this movie somewhere, I'm going to be mad. But then, like, like Diesel said, even though you could take the scene out of it, but it still fit perfect. When it does come in, it's in a moment where you're like, this is perfect for the song. It's at the end of the movie. You are not fulfilled you've come to the, the place where you need to be and i think that that was more important than the chocolate store and in, in hindsight here we are we are literally enter exiting the world of my beginnings and we are now going to go to the factory right after this like we're going to talk about the factory directly after so this song now is perfect where it is and you're just like damn this is good yeah and i give them all the credit in the world and timothy chalmette did a great job yes. of singing pure imagination which is, once again, who would have thought Gene Wilder, who's a comedic actor from the States. Everybody else in that movie was from England, and he's from the States. And this guy sings, you know, one of the greatest iconic songs of all time. And it didn't want to either. No, he hated the fact that he had to do it. But he did it so well, yep. you know, in, in history and time. Once again, I think I'm not the only one. A lot of people put pure imagination in the same breath as they put somewhere over the rainbow and in, in, in singing in the rain and a few other songs that have become iconic, iconic musical songs in Hollywood. 
And this movie is is one of those movies that I think is the greatest, the great accompanying piece. This this movie could have failed easy. It could have it could have done two things or three things wrong, and we would have all shit all over it because of the memory of the original. So facing down the shadow of it, when I was waffling between four and five, because it was always a four or five. I'm with you guys. Not only do I want to see it again in the theaters, not only am I going to own a copy, so that kind of pushes the five, but it's also like, hey, I realize this movie stood in the shadow of a giant and it didn't get com- it didn't get eclipsed. Yeah. It, it made you go, oh, this is a great piece to come with that piece. I yeah. can watch this movie and then put in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory and feel like I know this character. So kudos to them. And great job on that. Now, I don't want to leave this section before getting, oh, my, my, oh, my critic score, because I almost forgot to give this. Because I forgot to give it for Godzilla minus one. Oh, By the way, right. Godzilla minus one is nine out of ten. Yeah. Uh, this is an eight and a half out of ten. I think it's a very good movie. I think that there's a lot of great stuff here. There's just stupid little things that you start nitpicking on points on or whatever. But still, eight and a half out of ten is a great score for me. Especially since the highest I'll ever give a movie is a nine and a half. And yeah, yeah it's a great movie. Diesel, I would be remiss if I don't want to hear what your a dark conspiracy theory is <laughs> about this movie. So I want to hear that before we kick it over to the end of the show. All right, so there's a little throwaway line early on. I got two little things where the uh, good officers uh, talking to the chief is like, well, are we going to do anything about these murders? And it's never brought up again. Now, we know that Wonka's confectioner stand has some unique ingredients. <laughs> I also think one of those ingredients is hopes and dreams. Ooh. But that's never brought up. Now, the, the actual dark one is the Oompa Loompa. We get introduced to one Oompa Loompa. He gets offered a job as a taster, not as a worker. This Oompa Loompa might hold a grudge against his brethren who exiled him and might want to get them back a thousandfold, thus indenturing them as servants in the future. That could be possible. I mean, we do know in the original he ba- he said he saved the uh, Oompa Loompas from a nasty beast on uh, in Loompa Land. Yep. So if you go by the face value of what Willy Wonka said in the original film, yeah. But then again, maybe it was a lie. And now that we know the thousandfold, you exile me, bitches. I exiled you. Or maybe it's a mixture of both. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe the puppet of of Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompas like hey. They're in danger. Can we bring them here? And, and Wonka, being the nice guy, says yes. And in the back of the Oompa Loompa's mind, by Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompa will say, yeah. uh, he, he, he's like, ah, I'm going to get him back for calling me, making fun of my short stature, yep. and for exiling me. Yep. <laughs> they call me short pants, and they exiled him. I think because we have the setup for indentured servitude in this movie with the, the, hotel, with the hotel and the yeah. laundry, I really think the way that they got the Oompa Loompas there to be workers is through Hugh Grant's anger and wanting to get back at his pe- at his people. Maybe. Well, can we find out? That's a good philosophy. <laughs> like I said, uh, we can only go by what the base movie said, and it did say that he saved them from a nasty beast. I can't remember the beast name. They made up a yeah. name for yeah, it. It's but he said he said that he saved them from that beast from Loompa Land. Yeah. And which, that's why he which, brought them there. Which, yeah, which is, once again... Can happen in part two. It could happen in part two, but it could be twofold. It could be Willy Wonka thinks that that's what's happening because he is led to believe that from short pants, if you will. Yes. And in the meantime, he's like, fuck calling me short pants, bitch. I'm going to get you back. I think he got them back. And like I said, he he also sort of like the gray zone. He uh, has the honorary title of being a tester, not a worker. 
And then later on, he could be the head of the Oompa Loompa. Yes. Yeah. I think, I, I want to say there is Oompa Loompa, Oompa Loompa enslaving going on. <laughs> Oompa you're Loompa down, cr- you're taking criminal. us down the dark lane. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Right on. Right on. Well, that does it for our review of Wonka. Tell us what you thought about it. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. Find out our uh, social medias. Hit us up there. Hit us up on the email. Contact us and everything else. Check out the Patreon page and the Public page and all that happy jazz. It's all at your fingertips at 3FNPodcast.com. Ron, we got two more. This is one of the one last one, two one, and then and and then after that, you have to come up with the the new year. I haven't gotten to one yet. Yeah, I know. Thinking, I've been thinking. We got, we got, you got, you're you're running out of time. It's like, it's like these are the sands of time. These (laughs) are the days of our lives. You're on borrowed time pretty soon. But Ron, hit us off with some of that final business you got to talk about. One out of ten stars. It had its moments. I saw Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in the theater some time ago, and let me tell you, I did laugh. My friend and I almost got kicked out because we were chuckling on our, choking on our saliva over that damn centaur. (laughs) Haha. Oh my God. Was that hilarious? I'm going to buy that movie just so I can rewatch that scene. Sorry. I'll get to the point. The movie is slow, but does have its moments. The Quidditch game was very well done, especially the camera work. The same with the chess scene. Basically the action scene where nice and Draco was very well cast as well was in, in Anne and the King of the Burrows. So we'll see him around as for the others. Well, it seems that many people prefer Ron right away over the others. Harry seemed dull and just there is so he could count on the attendance records. Hermione acted stupid at times and she really needed to brush her hair. The Weasley twins, and I'm being serious, looked deformed in that scene where they were on walk through the wall, hunchbacks with square shoulders. Anyone? Which is for the laugh, but don't expect it a marvelous adaptation from the book. Don't don't watch the film to see the her- heroic Harry you've read about because it might take another film to get the real him out if they even manage to do that. If you're going to watch it, judge it as a film as it as it is and not because it, of the books. There's always hope for the next movie. Will there be more centaurs? I wonder. One out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks, people. Diesel, go ahead first. <laughs> To be fair, when I came up with the today's top three, I was going to throw in uh, all Harry Potter actors just to piss off the people that do these reviews. But <laughs> uh, the the Hermione with the f- like frazzled hair, I always thought that kind of made sense because she's like such a bookworm, like she's not really paying too much attention to yeah. stuff that doesn't matter. Like, and in her eyes, and like, she, well, yeah, brushing her hair is not going to matter. She's like trying to become a wizard. Yeah, and she's <laughs> you know she's young at that point. Like, she doesn't care. Yeah. I also want to point out, you know what, you know what's, and it's just a pet peeve of mine. And it's only in writing because obviously if you're doing it on audio or video, you know, you get to see us laugh or joke or, you know, you, you bring some humor to it. I always find it, it always gives me the douche chills when somebody has that little conversation with themselves and somebody else is there in the writing. Like he's like, me and my friend went and we just, uh, we talked about, <laughs> that's a different time. Like you can't yeah. have inside jokes and fucking writing. Yeah. Like like not in prose writing, not in yeah. like fucking review writing. You can't have like this little inside joke. Either spit the fuck out or leave it the fuck out, man. Because yeah. now I want to know what stupid joke, so we can ridicule you for that too. Damn. <laughs> like I I it, I don't know. It's just a weird pet peeve I have when, when people write. Like you see that shit, and sometimes and and not usually in reviews, but occasionally. And this is at the point in juncture I was thinking this. Like 
No, like this is whole. This whole article is your thinking. Yeah, you don't have to like go. Well, I was sitting there. This is what I thought. No, 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 no. This whole fucking review is what you thought. That you know, it's one thing if you're telling a side story before, and the side story has to have a beginning, a middle, and a conclusion. So, like, if you're like, like, i.e., when I went to the theater for Wonka, I thought that I went into one of the uh, like all lit up theater ones because and it wasn't labeled because the lights for whatever reason were on all the way up until the movie so and i would have been i would okay with it because there was there was a young man behind me who who was obviously special needs and i was fine if i if, if it's gonna make his joy i don't give a fuck if the lights are yeah. on. you yeah. know what i mean but i was just like wow i wish the only thought that ever went through my mind is like they should have like at least warned the other people in the theater because it's kind of shitty to go in and not know that the lights are going to be on, right? Yeah. And then I'm just kind of like, but I didn't care because I'm like, if he gets enjoyment out of it, which he, I'm just going to report on it. Liked it as much as we did. I'm just going to throw it because he was excited and obviously watched Willy Wonka in his life because he was singing along and nice. having a good time. And that was awesome, right? So it made me feel really good. And that's probably another reason why this movie got a little bit higher uh, is because I got to see somebody have pure, you know, well, hear somebody behind me have pure fucking joy over the movie. Nice. I had pure joy in this movie and somebody else didn't. That's, that's a win in my opinion. But anyways, like if you if I wrote a story, if I was going to tell the story or writing it, I would be like, oh, you know, and then I thought that the lights would have been on. But, you know, they weren't. It was just, you know, it, it was whatever. There might have been a problem with the lights. I thought that it might be because they were short-staffed and somebody accidentally turned on the lights when they cleaned and then they forgot to turn. Because even though, like, they had the like the big lights yeah. on, well, the ones that are never on. Could have been the first movie that they just did. True, true, true. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of shit. Like, so, like, whatever, you know. That's all I would have said. But, yeah. Or, like, when we went to see uh, Halloween Ends. Yeah. I might have, when we saw this movie, after the first fucking 20 minutes of the movie, we just talked shit with the rest of the theater. And as the movie went on, everybody joined in. Yeah. It was like Mystery Science Theater yeah. with about 100 people. Like, it was uh, wonderful. Unlike Silent Night. Oh, <laughs> it was fucking wonderful. Will you kids be quiet. It wasn't the kids. I love, how, I love how they got blamed for your sins. Anyways. <laughs> and they didn't even say anything. They just took it. Did you? Did Ron, you should have been like, it was me fucking talking. Shut the fuck up. That's what you should That's what oh. I would have said. Fuck them. Anyways, because I bet you real quick you'd have been like, hmm? you know, it's like, real. It takes a it's a real tough guy to talk shit to the kids behind you. It's another thing to talk shit to the grown men like three rows up that are actually responsible for it. Usually, you see those guys slink back in their chair when they realize, oh man, there is a possibility somebody might punch me. Anyways, that's a side story. Once again, if you wrote about that fucking side story, you put it in the beginning. You don't put it during your review. What? And my minor monologue, I was thinking, why? What? This guy's a dick. <laughs> All, all the time I'm I'm hearing this guy talk about it, I'm also thinking on the screen, what the fuck am I doing with my life? It's at these moments that I don't understand. You could just write that in the writing. You have to have it in a second there. Whatever. I digress. Thank you, folks, for joining us for yet another week of the 3FN podcast. This is 3FN episode 296. We are on the march to 300. And we have a uh, very interesting 300 show, but we're going to keep that a secret for right now. The patrons do know. They voted on it. They did. But. March is keyword. March, March, March was the keyword. <laughs> I would say the new word is drive. Ah, cocaine. see, little clues. Yes, cocaine. Cocaine was last week's clue. This week it's drive. So maybe some people can put it together. We'll give clues each week till we get there. But for those of you, uh, this is going to if you're unless you're on Patreon, which the new show will drop on Christmas Day. 
for those of you who don't who celebrate Christmas, we the next show comes out the day after Christmas. So to anybody who celebrates Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you celebrate any other, if you know, I know Hanukkah just ended, so if you're celebrating that, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy, happy whatever you're celebrating. If you if you celebrate Keanu Reeves instead of uh, you know Jesus or whatever, because I know you don't have to be religious to celebrate Christmas. So whatever it is you do. We want you to have the best week you can with your friends and family. And there's some good movies out there. Go see Iron Claw. Yep. Yeah. Fuck Aquaman. Go see Iron Claw. True. Give it all your money. I'm going to see that too. Go see, give, 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 give Iron Claw your money. And then yep. see Wonka again too if you're going with your family. I just can't wait for all the people who are just like, ooh, Zac Efron. This is going to be a great movie. What the fuck? Because <laughs> there are a lot of people that don't know what this movie's going to end with. <laughs> if you're not a, so even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think this movie will hit for you. But just to forewarn you, I do know that they did a little bit of nicer work to it. Okay. So it's not going to be the story that us wrestling fans know. I promise you that me and Diesel, after we see the movie, we'll put something out extra. The patrons will get it first, and you guys will get it as well. Uh, and we'll kind of talk about the real Von Eric story as well. Not that this is not the real story. I know that they work very closely with Kevin. But they decided to go the route, and I'm, I'm happy they did. They decided to go the route of not just showing all the darkness of what happened. If you're, And I'll give you this. If you're familiar at all, it is the legendary group of wrestlers from the Von Erich family from Texas who all but one of the brothers is no longer with us, and all of them died via suicide. So one shape or form, another suicide. I do believe one of them technically died, uh, David technically died of uh, overdose. But a lot of people still think that that's a little... You know, Suspect. but still, including let's be honest, uh, I'll just say it. One of the brothers zipped himself up in a sleeping bag full of rocks and rolled off of a boat. It's not a, it's a, it's a hell of a way to go. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not, I'm not here. So that's the real story. We'll talk about that after we see the movie. But next week on the show, it will be the nerdies. The day out, if you're on Patreon, you get it Christmas Day. If you're not on Patreon, you will get it the day after Christmas. We will be giving out our nerdies awards for the best and worst. Uh, so if you want to check it out, go ahead. We're, we're more than happy. And the week after that will be the preview show. And like I said, you can expect a special review for Iron Claw. Until the next time we chat with you all, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you have a great time with your friends and family. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later nerds. And for anybody that's struggling right now and needs a little bit of help or something, just remember 988 is a suicide prevention hotline. Just in case. Sorry. I just, just want to throw that out there. Uh, if you need help, someone's there willing to listen. We'll listen. Whatever you need. I know holidays for some people are a little rough because of loss in families, loss of jobs. You know, you, you'll be fine. You just got to step through. Which is kind of oddly a uh, plug for Iron Claw and it, also for the holiday season. Yeah. So I'm glad so, you put it out there. So 988, thank but, you so much. But later. Also, if you need help, Blue Chew. <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks people. Okay.